Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence, and it's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Today is Transcription Tuesday. I love Transcription Tuesday. Well, I actually love every Tuesday, regardless of what we are exploring, whether it's theory, tunes, technique, transcriptions, makes no difference to me. I love any topic as long as we are talking about playing jazz piano. Pretty darn cool, right? That every Tuesday, every Tuesday, we take the time to discover, learn, and play some aspect of playing jazz piano. Theory, tunes, technique, transcriptions. No doubt, a solid educational agenda program that happens every Tuesday every week of every month throughout the entire year. Wow, what a program. Helps you become the jazz pianist that you are aspiring to become. It's pretty darn cool. So today, Transcription Tuesday, we are going to take a look at one of my all-time favorite piano solos, by one of my all-time favorite jazz pianists. Today we are going to dive into Red Garland's fabulous solo on the Gershwin standard of Foggy Day, a foggy day in London town, from Red Garland's very first, his debut album, right, as the leader, an album called A Garland of Red. And I, I highly recommend adding this album to your collection. So many great tunes. In addition to Fo- A Foggy Day, I, on, that, on that album, uh, Red Garland plays What Is This Thing Called Love, My Romance, Making Whoopie, September in the Rain, Little Girl, Girl Blue. <laughs> Man, not a bad tune on the entire album. And it should absolutely be part of your jazz collection. As with... All of our analysis on Transcription Tuesdays, our analysis today will cover the entire solo from start to finish and answer a variety of questions, you know, such as what types of motion does he tend to use, arpeggio or scale? What type of alterations does he tend to favor, flat 9, sharp 9, flat 13? How much repetition does he use? Does he use any additional harmonic structures or chord substitutions? And what lines would be beneficial for us to use for developing our own jazz vocabulary? Wow, an incredible amount of great information to unpack. So it's going to be a busy podcast episode indeed. But before we dig in, as I do every week, uh, before we dig into Red Garland's fabulous solo, I want to take a second and personally invite all new first-time listeners and all slow-moving old-timers to join Jazz Piano Skills to become an active member. Uh, All you have to do, go to jazzpianoskills.com, click on the Join link, pick a plan, and join. It's that easy. And once you are an official member of Jazz Piano Skills, you will have full access to all of the educational content and resources available at Jazz Piano Skills. For instance, 
you will immediately gain access to all the educational podcast guides, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-along tracks. Uh, you'll have access to the interactive courses, which, uh, are a, which make up a self-paced, uh, sequential jazz piano curriculum. You'll have access to the weekly masterclass. You can attend the, the weekly masterclass that I host online, one hour, one hour masterclass online every week, every Thursday evening. You can take part in that fabulous uh, opportunity. You'll also have access to the private community, the skill-specific forums, the private Facebook group, plus, maybe even most importantly, you will have access to personal and professional support provided by me. <laughs> 24-7. And I'm not kidding, man. 24-7. Some of you all crack me up. I get I get voice messages from, from some of you folks at like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. I'm going like, whoa, you are some dedicated jazz pianists for sure. So anyway, I will be uh, sharing more details about all of these amazing benefits throughout today's episode. And I say this every week because it's so very important. I simply cannot stress it enough. If you are indeed serious about developing the jazz piano skills needed for you to become an accomplished jazz pianist, then you should absolutely become a jazz piano skills member and begin taking advantage of all of the educational content, the materials, the resources, the professional support. There are several membership plans to choose from, so you can definitely find one that is going to be a good fit for you. You can become a member for a month. You can just try it out for a month if you'd like. You can do a quarterly membership. And of course, there is the annual membership plan as well. All three plans, regardless of which one you go with, will grant you full access to all of the educational content, materials, resources, and professional support. So check it out, jazzpianoskills.com. If you have any questions, let me know. And I'm very serious about this. Please reach out to me and let me know. I am happy to spend some time talking to you and help you determine which Jazz Piano Skills membership plan is best for you. All right, on with the show. It's time to discover, learn, and play Red Garland's amazing solo on a foggy day. Okay, so today you are going to discover... Red Garland's solo on a foggy day. You are going to learn what improvisational approaches Red Garland tended to use when soloing. And you are going to play various Red Garland lines, 10 of them to be specific. You are going to play various Red Garland lines to begin developing your own jazz vocabulary. So regardless where you are, right, whether you're a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you are an experienced professional, you're going to find this Jazz Panel Skills podcast lesson exploring the great Red Garland solo on a foggy day from the classic album A Garland of Red to be very beneficial. To begin, 
I want to briefly talk about transcriptions, right? Why they are important and how to properly use them when practicing. I said this in the last uh, Transcription Tuesday episode when we looked at the Bud Powell uh, solo on Scrapple from the Apple. That, you know, I, you do not have to hang around jazz circles very long before you will hear someone emphatically proclaim that you must begin to transcribe if you are serious about learning how to improvise. And you will then... <laughs> this cracks me up. You will then witness, as somebody's making this proclamation of about transcribing, you will then witness everybody in the room literally emphatically shaking their heads up and down in complete and total agreement, right? It's amazing. Even if they've never transcribed before, they will agree that, yes, I, I, I need to do this. But shortly after you have publicly affirmed your commitment to transcribing solos, right, you instantly begin wondering, what the heck? How am I going to do this? you start to learn what's all involved with transcribing a solo, which typically will depress you, right? Golly, I remember I, it, it did for me when, I, when it was first introduced to me and I first started transcribing. I said, holy moly, I'm going to be here for the next six months trying to figure out this solo. And, you know, no doubt, no doubt that transcribing has many benefits. No doubt about it. But to actually take the time to decipher every single note a pianist is playing and then write it down on manuscript paper and then begin to meticulously practice the entire solo in hopes of retaining various musical phrases that you can then utilize in your own playing, wow, it is indeed a lot of work. And... Now it's it's time for a little old-fashioned skepticism, right? I, I, so I, I want to now ask this important question. Does this process really work? What actually will be my return on investment? So for the sake of time, I'm just going to cut to the chase and tell you no. It's not worth your time to transcribe. Whoa, right? I know, jazz blasphemy, absolutely the wrong thing to say. Who would ever make such a, who would ever say that, right? That's unbelievable because we all know that transcription, transcribing is king. In fact, transcribing is the very first thing that every jazz musician tells you that you need to do. And I'm telling you, wait a minute, pump the brakes. Let's think about this because in this day and age, it is not, worth your time and effort to be sitting down and transcribing all the time. Here is why. The number one justification you will always hear for the importance of transcribing is that it is good ear training. And transcribing is indeed good for the development of musical ears. However, there are much more effective and efficient ways to, to develop your musical ears than to spend hours trying to figure out each and every note and rhythm of a jazz solo. Also, just because you 
may not have physically transcribed a solo that you are studying, like we are going to do today with Red Garland's uh, solo on A Foggy Day, it doesn't mean that your oral skills will not significantly improve through the proper study and practicing of that transcription or of that solo. So keep that in mind. In order to reap the benefits of a transcription, it doesn't mean that you actually have to do the transcription. The second justification for transcribing is that it is an invaluable type of jazz excavation, right? Needed for discovering stylistically correct vocabulary. And and again, this is this is a very true statement. However, we are living in the year 2020, where we now have what feels like endless access to collections of transcriptions, transcription books, transcription anthologies, downloadable PDF transcriptions. And like everything else, they're everywhere and accessible with one click of your mouse. So what I'm trying to say is that you do not need to reinvent the wheel here. There are already more than enough transcriptions available at your fingertips to keep you busy for the rest of your life. <laughs> Simply impossible to study all the transcriptions that are out there. So bottom line, yes, the study of transcription should be an integral part of your practice routine. So much so that I am dedicating an entire podcast episode to transcription study every month. All I am stressing here is that you do not need to spend hours upon hours every week trying to figure out every single note of a solo when you can download it in seconds and begin reaping the benefits right away. Makes no sense. Now, once you have your transcription in front of you, regardless of how you've obtained it, right? either through transcribing it yourself or downloading it. You have to know how to properly use the transcription in order to experience jazz growth. And today we will do just that. We will properly use Red Garland's solo on a foggy day to strengthen our jazz technique, our jazz articulation, our jazz oral skills, and our jazz vocabulary. What we will not be doing today is memorizing a line, a lick, from a Red Garland solo in hopes to <laughs> regurgitating it while playing other songs. And so many students approach transcriptions in this manner and as a result experience disaster, right? Why? Because the entire point the entire objective of studying a transcription is to discover and unveil your musical thoughts, right? You're, <laughs> you're not trying to become Red Garland. There's only one Red Garland, right? We're going to use Red Garland to discover you, right? So this is not about shoving something into you. It's just the opposite. It's about pulling something out of you. Musical thoughts that you already possess Transcriptions simply serve as a launch pad or a diving, pool, diving board 
into your pool of musical thoughts. Yes, a transcription is indeed a window, as I like to say, a window that allows us to peer into the mind of a musician, into the mind of Red Garland. Today, we will learn a ton about how Red Garland thinks. But more importantly, Red Garland's A Foggy Day solo will function as a musical flashlight that will illuminate our own inner musical thoughts. Right? How cool is that? No doubt, today is going to be fun as we discover, learn, and play jazz piano with jazz great Red Garland. And without question, I know for a fact you will have many questions as we take apart this fabulous solo. And that is precisely why I am committed to providing all Jazz Piano Skills members immediate and personal and professional support. If you are listening to this podcast through the Jazz Piano Skills website, you can use the convenient speak pipe widget nestled directly beneath the podcast player. You can see it right there, right? Orange, that orange button. Uh, you can send me a voicemail message using SpeakPipe. It's that easy. It's that simple. One click, and the two of us are interacting and engaging with one another. Send me a voice message with your questions, and I will send you one back with the answers. It's a very cool technology that I hope you will take advantage of. And if you are listening to this podcast uh, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music, or any other popular podcast directory, you can use the link speakpipe.com forward slash jazz piano skills to send me a quick message. And as I always say, if you're a scaredy cat and are afraid to send me a voice message, then you can post your question in the private Jazz Piano Skills Forum or uh, uh, pose your question to the private Jazz Piano Skills Facebook group and let the Jazz Piano Skills community help you, right? So look directly beneath the SpeakPipe widget and you'll see the links for easy access to each of these platforms. Or if you are free on Thursday evening, please, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you can attend that weekly master class. It's all part of your membership, and I hope you will. I host this uh, master class every Thursday evening, 8 p.m. Central Time, using Zoom, and the Zoom link is posted on the Jazz Panel Skills website. So just click on that link. It will take you right to the uh, master class, and uh, you can enjoy an hour-long lesson Right. We discuss not only will we discuss this Red Garland solo in more detail Thursday evening, but we will also address any questions that you have regarding jazz piano in general. So I provide jazz piano skills members with so many ways to get help. So definitely take advantage of the opportunities. As you know, my entire goal is to provide all of you with the very best jazz piano lessons, the very best jazz piano educational materials, and the very best jazz piano support that's available anywhere today. Okay, here we go. 
If you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, take a second right now to open, download, and print the illustration guide and the lead sheet guide. You're going to want both of these guides, uh, all of the materials within these guides. You're going to want them in front of you as we go through this transcription. You know, as the old saying goes, a picture is worth a thousand words. And you will find these diagrams, these illustrations, uh, these guides to be incredibly beneficial as we go through Red Garland's solo on a foggy day. If you are a if you're not a jazz piano skills member, I just invited you at the beginning of this podcast to join. So please take a second, join, and then you too will have access to all of these. Uh, educational podcast guides that are so invaluable and packed with more value than I could even uh, explain. All right, to get started, let's take a listen to Red Garland play A Foggy Day. I want us to hear the head, the melody, followed immediately by his solo, with his solo. So here we go. Red Garland on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Art Taylor on drums. Drums. George Gershwin's A Foggy Day in London Town from the album Garland of Red. Let's check this out. Here we go. some kind of energy, right? Pretty impressive. But now let's begin our analysis. I always want I always want to break apart a transcription into three parts, right? I want to look at chord scale tones, the root, the third, fifth, seventh, and so on. 
I want to look at non-chord scale tones, things like neighboring tones, passing tones, alterations. And I also want to look at any significant harmonic and melodic patterns, ascending and descending scale and arpeggios, classic progressions like 2-5-1, and so on. So you will notice in the illustration guide that you have in front of you, you have a copy of the transcription with all of the chord scale tones and non-chord scale tones spotlighted, highlighted, right? So what I've done there is all the non-chord scale, uh, non scale tones are highlighted, uh, which really magnifies, it really illuminates the overwhelming dominance of the chord scale tones used when improvising. And in fact, 78% of the notes that Red Garland plays in this solo, 78%, what the heck, let's just 80%, 80% of the notes that Red Garland plays in this solo are chord or scale tones. Let that sink in, right? Chord or scale tones. So if you know your chords and you know your scales, you are in great shape. You can play great solos just like Red Garland. I told you a picture is worth a thousand words. And this, uh, these illustrations here really, um, really prove that old adage to be 100% true. You will also uh, find included in the illustration guide a diagram that labels uh, all of the non-chord scale tones, right? That labels them. Right? Are they passing tones, upper and lower neighboring tones, uh, altered tones, excuse me, altered tones, like the flat 9, sharp 9, flat 5, sharp 5, sharp 11, flat 13, and so on. And Red Garland uses a ton of those, right? Being able to identify these improvisational approaches and to see how a professional jazz pianist like Red Garland uses them is essential for our own musical growth. Simply invaluable. There's no substitute. I tell students all the time, improvisation development begins first and foremost with chord tones. Then we add scale tones. Then we add non-chord, non-scale tones. Playing with non-chord scale tones before you have a command of improvising with chord and scale tones is playing with fire. You are going to get burned, I promise you. You know why? Here's why. Because non-chord scale tones are technically what? They're technically wrong notes. And if you can't make music using the right notes, you certainly cannot make music using the wrong notes. Right? Uh, I remember a teacher asked me one time, I thought... I, I love this question. He said, Dr. Lawrence, how do you teach students to play wrong notes right? It's a great question. And I said, easy. Teach students how to play right notes right first, then worry about the wrong notes. Red Garland is certainly validating this improvisational approach, right? 80% of all the notes he plays are chord tones and scale tones. Again, think about that. Let that sink in. We always tend to think that jazz professional jazz pianists are using a lot of fancy schmancy stuff. That's why it sounds so good, because it must be a lot of fancy schmancy stuff. 
And of course, there is some fancy schmancy stuff, but 80% of Red Garland solo that you just listened to, not fancy schmancy stuff at all. Chords, tones, and scale tones. When you're looking at the illustrations, right, the, the, the diagrams that you have in front of you, the illustration guide for this podcast episode, I also want you to notice that all the fancy schmancy, all the alterations, the flat nine, sharp nine, flat five, sharp five, and so on, occur on the dominant sound, right? Not major sounds, not minor sounds, not half diminished or diminished. They occur on the dominant sound. This is so important. This revelation is so important to have, right? That's where the fancy schmancy stuff is happening 99.99999% of the time. The dominant sound. Maybe that's why the dominant chord is called dominant. It is the sound that we can do the most with. It is the sound with the most flexibility. Right. So finally, included in your illustration guide that you have in front of you uh, is the transcription with 10. That's right. 10 handpicked improvisational ideas that Red Garland played over various major dominant and minor chords and that we are going to use those 10 ideas today. We're going to explore those 10 ideas to begin developing our own jazz vocabulary. How cool is this? <laughs> Transcription Tuesday is awesome. Okay, so let's jump in. Let's look at pattern number one. It's measure 10, right? I have that red box around counts one and two of measure 10. And you will see that uh, the chord is a G minor seven chord, and red Garland starts on the third, the B flat, and literally goes straight up using chord tones. B flat, D, F, and A. Right? Nothing fancy smancy there. Third, the fifth, the seventh, and the ninth. He uses a triplet rhythm. That's it. So I want to take just that little motif that little two counts, starting on the third of G minor, ascending to the ninth, to the A. And I'm going to play that. I'm going to state that motif several times, and then I'm going to begin improvising using uh, variations to that motif, and using the notes of that motif, and only the notes of that motif, right? I'm not going to use any neighboring tones, no passing tones. Uh, Nothing fancy schmancy. I'm just going to use the notes that Red Garland gives gives us. The B flat, the D, the F, and the A. And I'm going to try to use that idea to start developing my jazz vocabulary. So let's bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play at 120. Nice, comfortable tempo, 120. I'm going to take that motif, measure 10 of the Red Garland solo, and let me see how I can develop that. Okay? So here we go. Let's check it out. Thank you. 
see what you can do with just simply chord tones. I'm just using the root, the third, I'm mean, sorry, the third, the fifth, the seventh, and the ninth. Copy in Red Garland. And look what you can develop. And I just stayed with those four notes. Again, nothing fancy smancy. I didn't use any upper or lower neighboring tones, any passing tones, nothing. Just those notes. So now, let's continue to, to look at some more patterns here. I want to draw your attention to measure 15. And counts 1 and 2 of the measure. Now, this is a D dominant 7 chord, right? And check out what he's doing. He enters the... The entry point again for D7 is the third, is F sharp. And what does he do? He goes straight up using chord tones, A, C, E, straight up to the ninth. Huh, does that look or sound familiar? Sure does. Just a simple arpeggio from the third up to the ninth, just like he did on the G minor seven. He went from the B flat up to the A. Here he's on a D dominant seven, going from F sharp up to the E using only chord tones. He does resolve that up at the top where he comes and he comes down to that D. I like that. Uh, no triplet. Nice. So now let's bring the ensemble in. I'm going to take that little motif. I'm going to do the same approach. I'm going to state it several times and then I'm going to see what I can develop utilizing those notes, that shape, that ascending shape, and see what I can come up with to develop my vocabulary. So here we go. Let's check it out. See how much you can do with a simple arpeggio starting on the third of the sound, ascending up to the ninth. It's amazing. So much jazz vocabulary can be developed utilizing that simple pattern, that simple motif. So much so, check out what Red Garland does, measure 19. It's a D minor 7 sound, right? 
again, focuses that third. In fact, it's the exact same thing that he just played on the D7, but now on a D minor. He's going F, A, C, E, up the E, and then dropping right back, resolving it to the D, right? On the D7, it was F sharp, A, C, D. It was that. Now it's this. So he just modifies the idea to fit the D minor 7 sound. He uses an approach tone, a, core, a scale tone, the, the note E, just like that. So now let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take, let's utilize that same motif, except this time with a D minor sound, D minor 7. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's see what we can develop. Again, I'm going to state that motif several times. Then I'm going to be improvising using just the notes of that motif. So here we go. Let's check it out. Interesting, right? So, so far, G minor, D dominant, D minor. All three of those sounds, what's he do? Enters on the third, ascends using arpeggio motion up to the ninth. Very interesting. So now let's take a look at pattern number four. So I want to draw your attention to measure 21. This is a C major sound. So we've already looked at what he's done on a minor and a dominant sound. What, what, what's he going to do on a major sound? Oh, well, look at that. What a shock, right? He's playing, starting on an E, C major, which is E is the what? The third, a little triplet, triplet, triplet. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Starts on the third, the E, a little triplet, using arpeggio motion up to the note D, the ninth. Golly, are you kidding me? We've looked at four patterns here, and all four, he's using the same approach, third to the ninth. He just resolves it down to the seventh. And he's using, a, again, an, a, another triplet, triplet motion or rhythm. So let's bring our ensemble in. <laughs> and let's see what I can do with the twip, 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 triplet. <laughs> 
let's have some fun and see what we can come up with. Again, using just the chord tones. Here we go. Let's check it out. amazing, right? We've taken a look at four different patterns uh, using minor sound, dominant sound, major sound, and uh, regardless of the sound, he certainly enjoys utilizing the third up to the ninth, that fragment of the sound, to improvise, to create ideas. Uh, it's wonderful, right? So I would encourage you, that that would tell us by looking at this transcription so far, you know what? That's a That's a pretty important pattern. I should I should practice that over my major sounds, my minor sounds, my dominant sounds. I should spend time getting familiar with that motion, with that sound fragment uh, for all of my majors, all of my dominants, all of my minors. So now let's take a look at pattern number five. So I'm going to draw your attention to measure 26 counts one and two. We're back to a G minor seven sound. But hey, got a little variation here. Red Garland is starting on the fifth of the sound. So he's going to start on the note D of that G minor. And guess what he does? Arpeggio motion right up to the seventh, to the ninth, to the eleventh. So he's starting to get into the upper extensions of the sound. Fifth, seventh, nine, eleven. Simple arpeggio. How cool. So now let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take this melodic motif. I'm going to state it several times, and then I'm going to improvise using only those notes. Again, nothing fancy. Just going to take what Red Garland gives us, and I'm going to try to create utilizing that motif. So here we go. Let's check it out.
nice, right? Very nice. Simple arpeggio motion ascending. So with that being said, I, I want to uh, take a look at demonstration pattern number six, right? That's going to be measure 32. Counts one and two again. Entry point, the fifth. This is going to be a D minor seven. The entry point is going to be a fifth. He ascends to the seventh and then descends. So I want to get a little descending motion in here. And he descends doing what? Arpeggio motion down to the root. So he gets this going up to the seventh and then triplet. Nice. Nice little pattern. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's see what we can do with this motif. Again, all arpeggio motion. This time descending. Descending entry point fifth up to the seventh, descending to the root. Going to stick with just those notes. Let's see what we can develop. Let's see what we can create. So here we go. Let's check it out. Pretty darn nice, right? Lots of arpeggio motion. If you're picking up on what I'm trying to drive home here, arpeggio motion using chord tones. Red Garland does it a lot. And if it's good enough for Red Garland, I'm telling you, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for you. So much vocabulary in getting a command and mastery of your arpeggios and getting a command and mastery of your arpeggios from different entry points, the third, the fifth, seventh, and so on. So I just want to right now, for the sake of time, just walk you through the remaining patterns that I've highlighted. Uh, pattern number seven is uh, measure 41. Again, we're back to a D dominant seven, and uh, he uses uh, approach tone, uh, the fourth and a sharp four, and then arpeggia arpeggiates again from the fifth up to the eleventh. It's really nice, right? The kind of the passing tone, uh, the approach tones to the fifth, and then triplet right up to the seventh. That's a great one for you to practice as well. 
Look at pattern number eight. Measure 44 counts one and two. It's back to a G minor seven. Entry point is the third. He just, he just extends that arpeggio. Instead of going to the ninth, he adds the 11th on there. So he gets this. Let me try that again. Again. It's a classic, a classic line all the way to the 11th. So that's one that I would encourage you to uh, practice and explore as well. Okay, pattern number nine, measure 55, counts two, three, and four. Okay, so now the entry point is a half-step approach to the third. Again, classic, classic motion. Half-step to the third on the C major, so it's going to be a D sharp. There's an outside note right, to the E, to the third, and then he's just arpeggio motion right up to the ninth. He drops it right back down to the seventh. So he gets... Love it. More arpeggio motion, just the addition of a little half-step approach to give it a little bit of tension, and then release into the third, arpeggio up to the ninth. Again, classic sound, classic motion. And finally, I want to draw your attention to measure 61, pattern number 10. Counts 2, 3, and 4. The entry point is the 5th, right, um, which descends, right, with passing tone to the 3rd. So he starts on the, uh, it's an F major 7, so he starts on the C, uses the B flat as a passing tone, down to the A. Now he's on that third, and guess what he does? Arpeggiates right up to the ninth. <laughs> he loves it, man. So it's great. Another classic line, classic arpeggio motion that you should actually utilize to help develop and discover your own improvisational vocabulary. Now, Jazz Piano Skills members, you have access to the play-along tracks for all, for all 10 of these patterns, for the minor sounds, the dominant sounds, the major sounds. And there are play-along tracks at various tempos for each of these sounds, at 100, 120, 140. So the objective is take these 10 patterns, arpeggio patterns, ascending, some descending, and a couple with some approach tones and passing tones, to take those patterns and to practice, first, first and foremost, state the motif, play it, get the right articulation, the right feel. Then that motif becomes a diving board, a launch pad, into your own musical thoughts and ideas. Begin exploring, uh, manipulating the motif rhythmically and um, explore various directions, ascending and descending with the notes only. I would strongly recommend using just the notes of the motif. Nothing fancy. Keep it simple and, and begin developing your jazz vocabulary. When you have ideas that you like, Repeat them several times to develop muscle memory and oral memory, okay? So it's a great way to develop 
your jazz chops. No doubt about it. So look, we took a transcription today. We could have looked at various... Look, there's so much in this transcription. We could have looked at the 251 patterns. We could look at... Uh, all the altered sounds, the dominant altered sounds. There's a ton. It's packed with tons of, of gems and goodies within this solo. I just happen to focus today on arpeggiated motion over various sounds, minor, dominant, and major, and taking a look at what Red Garland does with that arpeggiated motion. And it's very telling. He loves the entry point of the third. He'll enter on, on using the uh, fifth as well and even the seventh. So uh, spend some time studying the transcription. Use the play-along tracks. Use the uh, illustrations to help you, the illustration guide, and uh, and the lead sheets. All It's all there for you to uh, open, download, access, and u- utilize when practicing. Right? If you have any questions, please let me know. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring Red Garland's solo on a foggy day to be insightful and, of course, I hope it to be very beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass, 8 p.m. Central Time. To discuss this podcast episode, to discuss Red Garland's solo on a foggy day in London town in greater detail, and to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Also, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast guides that are available for this episode to help you maximize your musical growth. Likewise, the Jazz Piano Skills courses, check those out online as well. And also, if you uh, are not already an active participant of the Jazz Piano Skills forums and private Facebook group, do so. Get involved and make some new jazz piano friends. As always, you can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050, extension 211. By email, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. That's drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or by SpeakPipe, found on the Jazz Piano Skills website, in the Educational Podcast Guides, and the Jazz Piano Skills courses. So that's it for now. And until next week, enjoy Red Garland's A Foggy Day. And enjoy the journey. Most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.